I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. Michelle Grosser here. Thank you for joining us today. Today we're going to talk about some things that I have ditched, things that I used to do that I no longer do that have made a huge impact on my nervous system. And I am so grateful for them because y'all, this has been a week. (laughs) This has been a week and I'll tell you a little bit about it, but I'm just so grateful that weeks like this happen um, and they're inevitable for all of us because life will keep on lifing, right? We cannot eliminate all stress in our life. It just doesn't happen. It's not possible. Um, But I'm grateful that I have the tools now to regulate my nervous system and that I've grown in my capacity and my resilience for weeks like this. So to start things off, um, Jeff was sick, Ashton was sick, and I just wasn't feeling really great. 
It was also our launch week for Restore. So just so much going on with that. Um, that stretched me in really new ways. And I was just so excited about it. And it took so much energy and focus um, from me. And it was so much prep. And we sold it out. And I'm so excited because we start next week. And on what day is it today? So on Thursday, I think last week or Friday, Friday last week in the afternoon, I went to my bedroom and my dog, who is our puppy, um, our 10 month old Boston Terrier. His name is Chewbacca. (laughs) My daughter's named him Chewbacca. Um, Chewy for short. He uh, had puked on my bed and it was like this nasty red kind of puke. And long story short, um, Jeff just like had this inclination, I guess, just go through the garbage and like look at what it is that this dog had puked up on my bed and see that it was like all of these red seeds, like these red berries with like seeds in them. Um, and then as the afternoon progressed, it was very clear that Chewy was not feeling well. And I don't know, for those of you who have dogs, or animals, it's like sometimes they just eat stuff and they have a stomach ache for a little while, right? And then they're like, okay. But he just kept puking and he couldn't even really like stand up. He was just kind of like laying all over the house. So I start looking online and mind you, I live in Miami, like to look for and search like Miami green (laughs) plant with red berries and try to narrow down what plant this was in my backyard that the dog had eaten from um was I don't know it was one in a million right so I went out I searched through my whole backyard I finally found what looked like the berries that he had puked up I googled for like an hour and a half I don't know why right just like this (laughs) holy spirit prompting I kept searching I finally found the plant and um, the first Google page that comes up tells me that even one or two of those seeds ingested by dogs can be fatal. So we rushed Chewbacca to the pet emergency room and it's a whole thing with the girls and um, he ends up staying there for four days and they're just like monitoring and seeing if he has liver damage. We're not sure he's going to make it through the first night. We're not sure if he's going to make it through the second night, but he does. And you know, happy ending. He's home now. He got home last night. But man, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. And it was a lot, obviously, to to go through that. You don't want your puppy going through something like that. But then it's a lot to have to support your kids through that. They were sad. They were scared. And those are Jeff's dogs, man. Like Jeff is obsessed with our dogs. <laughs> so he was really hurting too and scared too. So that's a lot to hold. And that was a lot. Um, and you know, we all have our own stuff, right? That I'm not trying to say that this was like the end of the world for us. Everyone's got their own stuff, but it was a big week. There was a lot going on. And I am, I just say all of that to say that our resilience is important, right? The, the, our ability and capacity to handle what life throws at us is going to be super significant. It's going to be a significant indicator or marker of how we handle stuff and how we're able to move through it and how we show up during it, right? So I want to talk about five things that I've ditched, five things that I cut out of my routine, being, way I show up, all these different things. And and when I cut these things out, I noticed a marked difference, right? Like I felt like a completely different woman. Anxiety reduced, stress levels like really lowered, resilience skyrocketed, emotional issues disappeared. Like it turns out that my daily habits 
were, surprise, surprise, impacting me um, negatively more than I was consciously aware of. So I started to cut out these five things and I tracked the results and I want to go through them. So here are five things that I have ditched that really have helped regulate my nervous system. Number one, I ditched people pleasing and I ditched saying yes when I really mean no. And this is a big one, you guys. People pleasers have so much difficulty setting boundaries because why? We fear being rude. We fear disappointing others. We fear being rejected. And as a result, we do so many things that we don't have the bandwidth for or the time for or the energy for, or we just don't want to do, right? It's a level, it's a form of self-abandonment. We take on too much work. We agree to things that we don't have the capacity for. And all that stuff, you guys, it leads to exhaustion. And even more than that, it leads to resentment. It leads to resentment. And so many of the people pleasers that I work with just feeling feel this overwhelming pressure to meet the expectations and even more than that, the needs of others. And maybe you relate to this, right? And so often when we feel this pressure to meet the expectations of others or to meet the needs of others, it's at the expense of our own well-being, right? And that can create this cycle of stress and this cycle of anxiety because we're trying to avoid conflict at all costs, even if it means suppressing our own feelings, our own needs, and we bottle up all of our emotions and we ignore intuition and we avoid difficult conversations and it makes us feel frustrated and it makes us feel resentful, which is not a great place to be. And it adds to our emotional burden. And we've talked a lot about the tie between emotional suppression and uh, burnout and nervous system dysregulation over the past few weeks. So I have gotten comfortable, more comfortable being, it's still uncomfortable for me to say no to people. It's still uncomfortable for me to decline invitations. It's still uncomfortable for me to disappoint people, right? None of that is fun, but it's getting easier. It's getting easier. And I've just grown in my awareness of what I actually owe people, right? Do I owe them kindness? I think so. Do I owe them compassion? Yes, I do. Um, but do I owe them all of these other things that they're asking of me or wanting of me that I just don't have the bandwidth for? No, right? So releasing that feeling that I am disappointing them has done so much for my nervous system. So that's number one. Number two, I have ditched late nights and I have ditched irregular bedtimes. Guys, it's probably annoying in my house, like poor Jeff. <laughs> it's probably annoying in my house how much I value a consistent bedtime. Like there are very few rules in my house. I'll be honest, Jeff and I are not like these rule bound parents. There's just not a ton of rules. There are a ton of boundaries. There are a ton of safeguards. There's a ton of, you know, expectations about how we talk and speak and act toward each other, but there's not a ton of rules. And I say all that to say that when it comes to bedtimes and getting sleep, it's something that my kids know that I don't mess around with because poor sleep has such an impact on burnout. It impairs our cognitive function. It, um, it increases our emotional instability, right? When we don't sleep enough or sleep well, it reduces our resilience. Um, it impacts our, our physical health. We all know that. Uh, we can't recharge, right? Our coping mechanisms go to crap. So prioritizing a good sleep hygiene and addressing sleep-related issues promptly, right, is so important for preventing burnout, regulating our nervous system, and maintaining our overall 
well-being. And when I don't sleep well, I go to sleep super early. I also wake up super early. Maybe that's not a good routine for all of you. Um, but if you're struggling with sleep issues, give it a shot. I wasn't always someone who went to sleep. I was always a, a morning person. Um, but now I get up like really early, but I also go to bed really early. I'm in bed usually by 8.30 every night. I put my kids to bed and then I put myself to bed and I read for maybe 30 or 40 minutes. And by 9, 9.15, I'm out cold and I sleep straight through until about 4.30 in the morning. And then I get up and I start my day and quiet with an hour and a half to myself before anybody else gets out of bed. And that time is magical. <laughs> So when we are not getting enough sleep, though, um, we do. We feel emotionally unstable, right? It makes us more prone to mood swings, irritability. It actually heightens our stress levels, and that affects everything. It affects our relationships. It affects our work life. It affects how we parent, how we handle conflict, stress, all the things, especially our resilience. And that's kind of where I started this episode today, right? Like we want to have the capacity and the resilience to handle life handle when things don't go well, handle when our kids are driving us crazy, handle disappointing news, right? And when we're sleep deprived, it's really challenging to cope with life. It's really challenging to cope with things that all of a sudden feel overwhelming that may not have otherwise just because we're so tired. It impairs our brain's ability to regulate our emotions and cope with stress effectively, which can lead us to really rely on maladaptive maladaptive coping strategies like caffeine or alcohol or I don't know, whatever it is, right? Um, So we want to make sure that we are prioritizing good sleep. If you are someone, I want to leave a disclaimer here also. If you have a small baby or you just had a baby or you have a baby who doesn't sleep through the night yet, man, just get through it. Just do the best you can. Like, Do not stress about this right now. You are in a level of survival mode. I appreciate that. I remember when I was there, um, my oldest Amory did not sleep through the night for 10 months and it was really rough, Um, but eventually it got better and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So if you're in that season, do what you can, get what you can, make through it, you know, get through it. But if you're in a place where your kids are sleeping through the night, and you're not getting good rest because you know you're scrolling before bed or you're binging Netflix or you're saving all this housework for when the kids go to bed and then you're up until midnight um, you know, doing dishes and laundry and stuff, I would really encourage you to prioritize your sleep because it will make a huge difference. Okay. And then number three, the third thing that I ditched in order to regulate my nervous system is I ditched alcohol in order to unwind. So hear me. I ditched my reliance or my mindset around using alcohol as a tool to take the edge off a long day or as a tool to relax or as a reward for a tough day. Alcohol is a central nervous system depressant, you guys. It slows down activity in our brain. It slows down activity in our spinal cord. And initially, yes, the slowing down of that activity initially can lead us to feel more relaxed, right? That's why There's talk about, you know, I'm just going to take the edge off. I'm just going to have a glass of wine to like ease into the evening because initially it leads to that feeling of relaxation. However, as we consume alcohol, it impairs our cognitive function and, and so many different things, right? Even our neuroplasticity. So we talk about our ability to rewire our brain, reorganize the way our brain functions, that's impacted by alcohol consumption. It can actually impair 
our neuroplasticity and our ability for our brain to recover and adapt to new circumstances. And then yes, while alcohol can give us initially those feelings of relaxation, ultimately, when we look at the big picture, alcohol increases stress on our body and stress on our nervous system. So it dysregulates our body's stress response symptoms and it actually increases and heightens anxiety and irritability and all these different things that we're trying to avoid by having a regulated nervous system. So if you notice that you tend to have an inclination to look forward to a cocktail or a glass of wine to take the edge off or to unwind, just remind yourself like, hey, this is a temporary band-aid that in the big picture is actually going to make my anxiety and my edginess and my irritability and my sleep actually going to make it all worse, right? So what are what is my body actually needing right now? And then meeting that need in another way, right? Instead of a glass of wine, maybe it's a walk around the block. Maybe it's some breath work. Maybe it's some meditation. Maybe it is just having a good cry or I don't know, you know, whatever it is that your body needs, you can meet that in a way that will actually serve your nervous system better than alcohol. And then number four, the fourth thing that I ditched to help regulate my nervous system was guys, I ditched a stressful work environment. I did. I had been working as an attorney, as a trial attorney in Miami for over a decade. Um, My first job was at this big defense firm where they just turned and burned new associates. You know, sometimes I felt like I slept under my desk because I was there all the time and it was so demanding and the work was not fulfilling and I was exhausted and it was super stressful because I didn't have a lot of support and know what I was doing. And then when I kind of left that space and opened up my own law practice, um, you know, the, the environment, the law environment, and then let me just say in particular litigation is just confrontational by nature, right? You're, you're constantly fighting. Like if, if we got along, we wouldn't be in this lawsuit. If we agreed on everything, we wouldn't be in this lawsuit. If we could work it out, we wouldn't be in this lawsuit. And let me just tell you, I don't know if it's a Miami thing. This is the only place in which I practiced law, but people can get nasty really quick. And it didn't take long before I was asking myself, I'm like, why am I putting up with this? Why am I subjecting myself to this? Why am I answering calls with people just being nasty? Why am I getting emails from opposing counsel who are just like so nasty? Um, And then there were things going on within my office. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not putting up with this because guys, a stressful work environment, especially if it's something that we experience chronically, right? It's a frequent, um, a frequent stress for a prolonged period of time. Our body's stress response is then activated. And it releases these stress hormones. We talk about this a lot, cortisol and adrenaline. And that chronic activation of the stress response in our body can dysregulate so many different things, right? It dysregulates our HPA access. It leads to prolonged elevation of cortisol levels, um, which can have a really detrimental effect on our nervous system. And then obviously the stress that comes with work can disrupt our sleep patterns and it can lead to sleep disturbances and insomnia and poor sleep quality. And then kind of like we've been talking, it can also resort to coping mechanisms that are not healthy. So maybe it's alcohol or other substance use, even caffeine, you guys, overeating, um, social withdrawal. These are all coping mechanisms that can further dysregulate our nervous system. 
So here's the thing. If, for those of you that are listening that are like, yeah, Michelle, I have a super stressful work environment, but I don't have the privilege to just like close my law firm and, you know, leave or do something else or whatever it is. Um, I recognize that. And I also just want to invite you into maybe shifting your paradigm a little bit. Cause I think this is a good opportunity to ask yourself, like, is that actually true? Right. If it's costing you your peace, if it's costing you your health, your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, if it's costing you the ability to be a present and engaged mom, wife with your family, like, is that a cost you're willing to pay? Because I promise you, there are places where you can make a good living and not be subjected to that. And that's a question only you can answer, right? Is this a cost I'm willing to pay? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But if it isn't, then you have to take the courage. And let me just <laughs> encourage some of you for a second because I did this and it was super freaking scary. I did not necessarily feel courageous enough to leave my law practice and start this whole coaching business, to leave everything I knew and all the student loans and the good money, frankly, and start this coaching practice. I did not feel, quote unquote, brave enough to do that or self-confident enough to do that. I had to take the courage. <laughs> I had to take the courage. If you're someone who reads scripture, like all throughout scripture, it says, be strong and courageous. And it says you have to take courage. It's not something that just comes to you and it's like, ah, oh, I can totally do this, right? Sometimes it is, but more often, especially when it's a big, scary thing, you have to take the courage and do something about it. And then finally, number five, the last thing that I ditched that really helped to regulate my nervous system is, man, I got super uh, discerning and I just stopped. A lot of it really was scrolling on my social media, watching the news, listening to news and um, TV, all things that made me anxious. So social media platforms, you guys, we hear about this all the time. We know they're designed to be highly engaging. We know they're designed to provide like this just constant stream of content that keeps us watching, right? That, that captures our attention. But here's the thing. When, when it comes to a nervous system perspective, that constant exposure to all of this different stuff, all of this information, it leads to overstimulation. And a lot of this is unconscious. We don't notice it. Overstimulation of our nervous system. And that increases stress and that increases anxiety. And then on a flip side, social media, what does it do? It fosters a culture of comparison. So all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, everyone else and what they're doing, what their dinner looks like and what their achievements are and, you know, how their house looks and all of these appearances. And we can get sucked into this cycle of constant comparison. And sometimes that can leave us feel feeling inadequate or reducing our self-esteem or increasing our stress and pressure of all the shoulds, right? The things that we think we should be doing, all of which can, again, dysregulate our nervous system. And then when it comes to the news, man, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I was a news podcast junkie. Like all I would listen to was political podcasts. Um, I would, I was, I was someone who watched the news. And I mean, man, especially in the last decade, you guys, like the focus on reporting negative events, the violence that's in the news, natural disasters, other kinds of disasters, war, political conflicts, like, all of these different things trigger stress responses. Again, maybe it's subconscious and you don't even notice it, but it triggers a stress response in your body. So when we have constant exposure to, let's just 
call it what it is, right? Distressing news. It leads to feelings of fear and anxiety and helplessness, all of which dysregulate our nervous system. Um, and I think the other thing about that too is that it's 24 seven, right? Like the news is 24 seven news websites, news podcasts, um, on all of it, it's 24 seven. So just having continuous exposure creates this sense of again, overload, which increases our feelings of stress and overwhelm, which contributes to our nervous system dysregulation. So those are five things that I did that I noticed a huge difference. Um, even on my social media, I, I, I still go on social media, but what I did is I really cleaned out my feed. So I unfollowed anybody and any account that one was not aligned with my values, but two would um, entice me to compare or cause me to feel anxiety or anything like that, right? I just cut it out. And I started following women in their 40s and 50s and 60s, women who I wanted to learn from, women who I admired, women who were encouraging and lived out some of my values. So at least then when I'm scrolling social media, right, I'm being fed and I'm being encouraged um, instead of, you know, all of the other crap that we're su- subjected to on social media if we're not discerning. So those are the five. Um, people pleasing, I stopped people pleasing. I got really strict, I guess for lack of a better term, with my bedtime. I'm really prioritizing um, consistent sleep patterns and sleeping well. I ditched caffeine and I mean alcohol in order to unwind. Um, I left a stressful work environment. And then I also got really careful about what I was allowing into my space, right? In social media, news, and TV. So those are five. I would encourage you guys, man, choose one or choose two of the things that I talked about in this episode and really commit to kind of changing things up in that particular category and then track your progress over the next few weeks, right? Use your phone or, you know, track it in your planner maybe, but be like, man, I'm going to go four weeks without um, people pleasing and saying yes when I really want to say no. Or I'm going to go four weeks really focusing on going to bed at the same time consistently and prioritizing seven to eight hours of good rest. And then start to notice how you feel, right? Start to track your anxiety, track your joy, track your peace. And I promise you, you're going to notice a difference. And I want to hear about it. So let me know. Shoot me an email. Hello at michellegrosser.com. Send me a DM. Um, shoot me a message in our Facebook group, the Calm Mom Collective. I want to hear which of these five you decided to ditch. And then I want to hear what you noticed in your nervous system. All right, friends. I love you guys so much. Be well. I'll talk to you soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, 
and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.